Welcome to the Media Mavens Podcast, brought to you by the Evergreen Network. The Media Mavens Podcast is where you'll hear the latest and greatest trends, topics, and tribulations with industry leaders. And here is your host of the Media Mavens Podcast. She is the original Media Maven, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller, CEO of Access Entertainment and your host for Media Mavens Podcast. Here with my co-host, what's up, Joey? Hey, everything is going well. But you know what? I, I need to point out something here really fast, Sarah. Here you are in Roatan, and I see you inside an office building. Where in the hell is the beach? It is, it is west, north. The beach is about 200 meters to the left. I know. You know what? I'm so excited to get our travel podcast together. I love being down here, but like I'm more excited because my good friend is here. Rick Kaliskis, who's the general manager and managing partner from Fendi Bay, who where I've been coming down here for nine years now. And so I'm super excited to have Rick on the show with us. So Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. And, uh, you know, I look forward to spending a little time with you. Yeah. So this is what's exciting. What I love about being down here and having you on the show. I've seen you literally grow this resort since the year you started here. You've done such a tremendous job, and I want to get into that and where we are, but I want to real quickly talk about your background, because you have a background in all Caribbean five-star resorts before you got to Fendi Bay, right? Yeah, you know, I... Oh, and just a preference, Rick is a Philly boy. Yep. Born and raised in Philadelphia. I have not lived there in about 15 years, but I do go back once in a while and, you know, have some fun like a few weeks ago. But I've been here in Roatan since May 30th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on 2010. So it's it's been a little over 11 years. And I've been in the hotel business for like 33, 34 years. And I've basically managed three brands in my career, Hilton, Marriott's, and Sheraton's. Are they all Caribbean-based resorts? No, actually, they're all urban properties in the U.S., uh, New York City, Philadelphia, Tampa, uh, Phoenix. I spent some time in L.A. as well. And I, I was on projects with some of these companies where we came to the Caribbean and did some analysis on business models that were down here. But this was really my first full shot at, uh, at, at a opportunity in the Caribbean. Now, okay, so I'm just going to skip ahead here. Mm -hmm. You said 3 p.m. exactly. Did you just like take a wrong turn, wash up on shore? (laughs) I don't understand that 3 p.m. The reason it stands out at 3 p.m. on the 30th is uh, technically there was just a great business opportunity here. And it took me like three months to decide whether I was going to come here or not. But when I did, I wasn't officially supposed to take my position over until the 31st. So when I got here, I went down to the Palapa Bar, was having a drink, absorbing what was going on. Nobody knew me yet. And that's when one of my partners came up and said, hey, I'm glad you're here. Here's your keys. Your office is over there. And so the 30th stands out of uh, that one day early before I got started. Uh, Before I came here, I was managing two Hilton properties on the waterfront in Baltimore, very busy, high volume hotels. And the owner or the developer of this resort and I had a common friend we didn't know about. And he kind of brought us together. And really, initially, I was pretty happy. I had no interest. And uh, over a period of time, I was kind of coaxed into coming down and seeing the place because they knew I'd fall in love with it. And, and that's what I did. I got down here and there's this, this 150 villa resort that's like a blank canvas for somebody who's a corporate hotel guy like me. It was just a huge opportunity. And it just seemed like so much fun to be able to come down and create everything from scratch. Uh, yet that I know, you know how complicated it was going to be and it was going to take me longer than I thought but it was really incredibly rewarding. And I look back at it every day, it's still continuing on. But as I look back, it's just the pinnacle of my career. And I'm just thrilled to death to be here and be part of just this amazing culture 
yeah. in, in Honduras and on the island of Roatan. The people are just amazing. You can't go anywhere in the Caribbean and find the same type of connection with people than you would here. So that's kind of why we're in a tropical island with an office, Joe, because like I cannot be anywhere on the property with Rick to have a conversation with about 20 million people saying hi, talking to him. So it is the best way to do this show. But what I absolutely love, and I agree with you, the people down here are so humble, so authentic. I literally love the people down here. That's but why you keep coming back. I keep coming back down here because I came down started over in Honduras. We just traveled through Central and South America. We ended up at the Fendi Bay by accident. Uh-huh. So to be next door to Henry Morgan, my girlfriend's like, let's go to Fendi Bay. We ended up over here. I haven't left. I think last COVID, sort of COVID, I've been here every year. And this is what I love about this, Joe, is like I've literally seen Rick grow and done a tremendous job. It's not just the resort. And let's get into the property. You know, it, it is built... I'm going to, if I correct me, the second largest barrier reef to diving, fishing, and snorkeling to Australia in the entire world, right? It's the second largest barrier reef system in the world, and it comes closest to shore right here in West Bay Beach, right in front of Infinity Bay. So a 20-foot walk out in the ocean, and you're in the middle of some of the most beautiful marine life that you've ever seen, and you want to go snorkeling? It'll be some of the best snorkeling in the world, right here on our beach. There are people that come here from Australia, from Hawaii, all over the world to go snorkeling and diving here. Now, Roatan was originally the majority of the business at one time was all scuba diving. You know, people would come here to go on dive trips, hardcore diving. Now, we have a dive shop at the resort, a world-class dive shop, but I would say 90% of our guests come here to chill out, to enjoy, to have some great meals, relax, detox, maybe do a little snorkeling. So, you know, we get a million two passengers a year visiting us on cruise ships. You know, we're going to occupy 33,000 room nights in an average year. So we see a fair amount of traffic. You know, our business volume at the resort has increased 300% in the last eight or nine years. So, and and by all means, don't get the impression that we are like this fully discovered destination. There's still a lot more growth for the island, but it just wanted to show you a little bit about you know, how the island's grown in the last 10 years and how it's going to be based from as well. Yeah, and there are photos on the Media Mavens social of I walked out there and snapped photos. It's absolutely beautiful, but it's not just that we're a destination site down here. We have the spa, we have this gorgeous infinity pool, but you've also put a lot into filtration on the water system. So for on the resort, unlike a lot of other third world countries and the DR and all these islands, the water is safe to drink long as you're on the property, right? Yeah, we've been the only resort that is fully sustainable the way we are on the island. And it's been that way for about 11 years. We, we have a reverse osmosis system that we create our own drinking water on the resort that has less, part, less parts per million than your average bottle of water. We have one million gallon cistern capacity. So we capture all the rainwater and some of that is used to make drinking water. The rest of that water and any gray water that's created at the resort goes through a second filtration system that we have where it goes, we've created this, this custom treatment plant on the mountain behind the hotel and the water comes down the creek in uh, different levels of filtration, different sized rocks, a bit larger rocks down to gravel. And then that water goes into a storage tank and it's used for all secondary water needs around the resort, such as, you know, washing the walkways or landscaping. Uh, so there isn't one drop of water that makes it to the ocean or leaves the property. I, We're really proud of that. Yeah, I just, you've done such a good job. Let's talk about the island. It, it's We just are coming out of covid so my timing down here is usually August, as everybody knows. I came down a little early this time to see you. But like, let's talk about how you were affected during COVID because you just reopened again. 
Well, you know, honestly, Sarah, we never really closed because I just couldn't bear to close. So I went down to a bare minimum staff. I had two people in housekeeping, two people in maintenance, and I had my full-time landscapers. So that way I could take care of the property. I could take care of the rooms. Our goal was to get into all 150 villas every week, do a quick inspection. The front desk was open from eight to four every day. We had a few people coming and going. So the restaurant was closed. All the other facilities were closed, but the hotel, I never put a closed sign on. Wait, but did you get people here? Because when I talked to you months ago, you're, you came back to me with, don't book a ticket yet, check the airlines. I wasn't allowed to leave the United States. A lot of countries wouldn't let Americans in. So, I mean, was it really busy or was it just local well, people? No, I mean, it? the business that we were seeing, uh, which is very minimal, and we finished November at a 5% occupancy. The business we were seeing were coming from people that lived on the island that wanted to escape from their home and some government people that were coming back and forth. Now, during this, during the height of this thing, for, for about four months, the airport was closed here. And there were no in and out flights unless it was an emergency flight for some reason. So access was very limited. They were patrolling the island to make sure people weren't sneaking onto the island. And there were, and there were island residents that couldn't get back here and some of them were trying to get back to their families and their children. And some succeeded, but most part, um, the island was really shut down during that period. And, and I really think that was one of the keys, creating a herd humidity here, where it really reduced, sorry I mispronounced that, but it really reduced the amount of COVID that we had on the island. And we, we actually opened a COVID center in May, in French Harbor, here in Rotan, it had 45 beds in it. I don't believe it ever went past 20 beds occupied, but nobody was ever on a respirator. It closed down in, I think, July or early August, because they, there's just nobody there. And then it reopened for a few days after New Year's, and it has been closed since. And, you know, the island was just in really good shape. I think there's some really strong people here to help keep this, uh, this virus away. But it really, it was really amazing. You know, we had a lot of precautions in place. We had curfews and uh, they were very strict on wearing masks. So I think for this island to be self-contained the way it was really was what helped us out to move forward and be successful. Um, so that has been a part of our success from COVID. Many of the other hotels were completely shut down. Many restaurants were shut down for quite some time. Obviously there were businesses that didn't recover, but fortunately a lot of them did. The municipality, Bay Islands Tourism Board, Cantor, the central government were all very successful in trying to support what was going on out in the community. And, you know, within the last month, there's been a big campaign to vaccinate all of the tourism people on the island. This was outside of first responders, medical. Now we're focused on tourism. We've given over 14,000 vaccines out. Uh, starting uh, tomorrow again, we start giving uh, another thousand away over the next few days. We've had a nice mixture of Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca. So it's been really successful. You know, the last time we did a test on all of our employees about three weeks ago, nobody was positive. So yeah. uh, so it's really exciting. It's, I think, Joe, it's safer to be down here than being back in the States for all of us. Nice. Probably. Rick, I, I've got a question for you. One thing that we have on the Media Mavens podcast is we have a lot of risk takers. It sounds like when you went down there back in 2010, you took a big risk going from your, your successful career here in the States to going down to Roatan and, and starting up a hotel down there and, and, you know, with everything that you can do with it. I mean, making it, you know, so eco-friendly. Talk, talk a little bit about the risk you took. Did you see it as a risk? Yeah, I mean, I, it's interesting that you, you picked up on that. 
very few people do. But yeah, it was a huge risk. You know, I had I had a really good work rec- uh, track record. You know, uh, it, it, there was always an interest in some sort of international experience. You know, I had one of the big companies I worked for gave me oper- some international opportunities where I could go out and be on uh, various teams for acquiring new properties. We were in development due diligence. But coming out here was a huge risk because I went from a corporate bureaucratic hotel environment that I was, I was pretty much used to, even though I'd been in it my whole life. Even though I'm not good with bureaucracy, I, I tend to get a little impatient and frustrated. But uh, when I came down here for a visit, honestly, I did not think I was going to be coming back uh, when, when I got here. But after I spent a week and I really started to think about it and did some research into what this company's accomplished and the help it needed, I was just really excited to take the risk. And I'll be honest with you, the first two years were very shaky. I didn't know if I was going to stay. There were just certain things that were really difficult to get used to. Operating in a Honduran and an island, an island environment is totally different than the U.S. in many ways. But you're looking at different stress levels for different situations. Certain things are much easier to get done down here than they are in the States. And the, the, the opportunity of being uh, able to use my entrepreneurial spirit here really was the driving force behind that. I, I didn't have to go through three levels of approvals through different vice presidents, maybe all the way up to the president and filling out all types of return on investment forms. If there was something that I really liked and I wanted to try, I could do it. Of course, you know, I had to take the right approach, but, you know, it was easy. And I got to experiment with things that I probably would never have gotten the chance to. So that's a really good question. Yes, it was very risky. I've always been kind of a risk taker in the way I do things, but this was definitely the biggest risk of my career. And uh, it definitely paid off for me. And then what is like, what is your favorite thing about since you've been down here, like career wise? Like your biggest challenge? Because a lot of expats want to come down to the island, start their own companies. We've had these conversations. Uh, some of them stay, some of them go. I mean, where is the drive that was for you to be down? Was it the island? Was it the challenge? And like other Americans, I know a lot of expats you know, on this island who have been down here after they met Rick, following your dream kind of became their dream. Right? They can't really, they don't, they don't really get clear. They just, I think they see it as an, an opportunity. It's paradise and it's, it's amazing down here. But for Americans that want to take on a business or to be down here, like what, can you pinpoint what that is about this place? Well, you know, I think, you know, like any Caribbean exotic destination, people like the, the appeal of the beach and the weather and the palm trees and, you know, the Caribbean music and the seafood and, you know, beautiful sunsets. And yeah, that's all part of it when you're on vacation. But when you live here, it's a little more difficult to enjoy that. So people come down here with certain expectations that are going to be really impossible to accomplish. I mean, it's really difficult to come to an island like this and open up a successful business unless you have a niche that really fits into the island and you've done your homework. So, and you're going to work really hard down here. Is, so, that, is that the politics? Because we aren't, I mean, we're Honduras. It's not a best country. I mean, every country is, has a corruption in politics and processes and procedures. Is that harder for you? Was it harder for you to get through all of that on a safety level? Or is that just knowing how to work. That, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, you hear about corruption everywhere, all over the world. You know, yes, we are a third world country, but the access in being in business here, especially, you know, I'm, I'm running the, 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 the number one resort in Honduras. If you look at Expedia, Booking.com, on an average, our hotel outperforms every other hotel in the country. Out of there's nine and a half, almost 10 million people here. 
You've got Intercontinentals, you've got Hiltons, you've got Marriott's, Clarence, you've got all kinds of brands. But these are on the mainland. There, there is a moratorium. No, I've seen zero American brand on this island. Well, I mean, there, there is one under development next door here, and there is one out in French Harbor. But, you know, you, you asked about dealing with the government and, you know, how challenging that might be. I found it very refreshing because, like I said, running a company like this with this, you know, and we've worked so hard for, for branding this property over the years. Anywhere you go in Guatemala or Honduras and, and for that particular market segment, which is like 20 percent of our business, everybody knows Infinity Bay. Everybody wants to go. Everybody wants to go to Infinity Bay. And we have we have a sales team out there in, these, in different locations, full time people. But. I had access to, through events and meetings, all the way up to the president of Honduras. And I was able to develop a network with the, the mayors and the presidents and the vice presidents and ministers to work towards making this island a better place. And that's been really, really um, satisfying for me to have that and have people that are really on the same page with you that are born and raised here and they want to work with you to make it a better destination, to create more jobs, to create a better work environment, create better benefits. So, so to answer your question, I mean, you know, there's, there's rumors all over from the U S all the way down here on what you define as corruption, but I haven't experienced that whatsoever. I have been welcomed with open arms by everybody from, you know, the blue collar uh, workers all, all the way up to the upper echelon. And it's just been a wonderful experience from that perspective. And I think anybody that would come down here and go into business, if they, you know, did it correctly, they're going to have the same kind of experience. I mean, they welcome outside development to come in. Yeah. That's interesting. With that, you brought up the whole thing about being a five-star resort. And, and I can tell you right now, I've looked up the reviews. I don't see any bad reviews on Infinity Bay. And your website is absolutely terrific. But one thing I've really noticed, and I was really kind of shocked to see, is that you guys are very affordable. If I go down to to Roatan, I'm not spending 500 bucks a night. No, no, you're right. I mean, you could, if you wanted to uh, rent one of our three-bedroom beachfront villas that are 3,000 square feet, you know, you're going to spend um, more than 500 a night. But on an average garden, pool, and be- and ocean view rooms, which are the three main categories outside of the beach fronts, you're right, are very affordable. You know, it it, it varies on this, the, the size of room and how many people. But yeah, you're going to get really good value on your vacation here. You're going to get a really terrific uh, American Honduran-inspired breakfast buffet that's included. You know, you're going to get off your day to a great start with that and some wonderful Honduran coffee. There's all-inclusive meal plans available here. Our restaurant on the beach, the Plapa Beach Farm Grill, is rated number one on TripAdvisor for the entire island out of 180 restaurants. And I'm not saying we always have the best food. And, you know, I mean, I think we have the best core menu. I think we have the best vibe. I think we have the best connection, the best experience. And so you're right. It is very affordable. We are not a, a resort like a uh, that's that's out of your range. You know, there's there's something for everyone's budget. Yeah, I mean the rooms are absolutely beautiful. I mean, given the resorts, but 10, 11 years old, it's very modern. It's all the flat stone, stone, the marble, the backsplashes, the kitchen. I mean, the rooms are absolutely beautiful. There is a spa, which there is a athletic center, which I remember going down to Orange County for you to look at all the equipment before it got on the boat to make sure it was set. That's right. You can't return a treadmill, and Joe. You, you know what's to go look at it. I, I, I just ordered new treadmills and new ellipticals because when we got them four years ago, they have gotten so much use that it's time to upgrade them. So yeah, that's the Roatan Athletic Club. We're really proud of that fitness center. You know, it's got showers and you can do free weights and and uh, cardio. And- it's a mini Equinox, Joe. And, and honestly, it just 
this is a such an amazing destination place. I mean, the island in itself is. You know, there is the parks with the monkeys. You can walk down the beach. And honestly, I've been here with friends on my own. I've never not felt safe walking up and down the beaches here either. I mean, it's truly a great place. Absolutely. Very safe, too. But I want to talk about, like, you giving back to the island and to the people. You're one of the only GMs, at least that I know, I could be wrong, that has gone so above and beyond out of your way to not just COVID, um, Clinica Esperanza. You've given so much time and money and your personal attention from the animals here to the um, healthcare, to the people to really build a community. And I have not seen that from a lot of other GMs on the on the. Island. You know, I can't I can't speak for the other GMs, but I know some of them and I know some I know the owners and I'm sure they're doing their own thing to help the island. My goal as a as a hotel leader has always been to create a balanced scorecard. And that balanced scorecard includes community involvement, it includes it includes taking care of your employees, it includes providing a wonderful guest experience and getting involved in the community and whenever we possibly can. And, and there's a lot of things we do in the community that we, we don't talk about. You know, it's not like we go out and make donations or provide food or services for, for groups or people on the island or families because we're looking for to be picked up on social media or Facebook or something to, to get the, you know, impressions. But there, there are things that we do on a regular basis. You know, tomorrow we're donating 70 lunches for the next couple of days for the volunteers that are giving out the vaccines on the island. We do everything we possibly can to support Clinic Esperanza, which was created by one of my favorite people in the world, Miss Peggy, who came here 20 plus years ago. She's a nurse. She's from Ohio. She fell in love with the island. It was very much more rudimentary than it is now. And she opened a little clinic in her, in her kitchen or her basement. She saw a few people a day for free. Now the clinic has grown into seeing 200 people a day. And they have a full staff of medical professionals. They have their own maternity clinic. They have a full-time dentist facility. They have visiting specialists from all over the world. They have their own pharmacy. They do an amazing job. And, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people support Clinic Esperanza, but we are always there for them for whatever events they're doing. You know, if they need work done at the clinic, we're there for them. If they need things donated, all they got to pick up, it, all they got to do is pick up the phone and call us. We try to support some of the animal rescues on the island. I, I really like to see some of these animal rescues consolidate into like one network instead of competing services but they all do great and we all want to help with that there's private families and people on the island that we help with there's sports teams that we sponsor you know sports teams sports teams local kids sports teams soccer baseball basketball okay yeah. I, so. I kind of went off the nba oh yeah not the lakers not the, not the uh la lakers yeah but. we're not laker fans yeah so i mean Quite often, you'll see a pizza party at the pool with 20 or 30 kids that we've donated for some group, some orphanage, you know, pause on the island that they want to get their kids somewhere for a few hours and kind of enjoy something a little different. So having a balanced scorecard, developing a good team, growing the business, taking care of the employees, and being involved in the community as much as possible is always our goal here. Always our goal. I was going to say the best Wi-Fi down here on an island. And then, Joe, your face froze on the podcast. Are you delayed? Did I lose you? Uh-oh. I think we froze. You okay, Joe? Delayed. He's still here, though. But let's talk about what do you do down here. You live on this resort. Yes, what I do you do for fun on the island? You know, that's a really good question. I'm not one of those guys that goes out fishing and scuba diving all the time. Uh, I really love working. But when I have time, I like to drive out to the east side of the island. I've got some spots there where they're, you know, secluded beaches and I can go relax for a few hours and I don't know anybody. 
And uh, that's really interesting. And there's some great restaurants on the island. I've started to pick up my golf game again. We've got a great golf course here in Rotan. So I've got the Black Pearl. Yeah, the Black Pearl. I've got a tournament coming up in three or four weeks that one of my business partners insisted that, you know, I participate in. So I'm going to start doing that. So, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, uh, I've done some treasure hunting. You know, I, I should mention that. That apparently, you know, Roatan is a uh, used to be a, a mecca for pirates back in the late 1600s, early 1700s, and they say there's over a billion dollars worth of buried treasure or gold somewhere in Roatan. So, some friends and, and and myself, we bought metal detectors years ago, and we went out to. Uh, different areas uh, that were known for pirates. And we had some fun and we brought lunches and we did some metal detecting and we found little musket balls and things like that. We never did it long enough to really find anything of substance, but I do have some friends that have found some really great relics around the island. Um, I don't know if they're really worth anything, but they're really cool souvenirs of history here on the island. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Why I love sustainability, why we love coming down here and everything you've done. I know on West End, where we could take a little boat over, another like what, 15 minutes from here, five minutes on boat. And when I go out on your island and I go on these morning runs and walks, whatever, like runs on the flat areas, sure. it's a little difficult. It's built on the other side of Infinity Bay because we're at the end of the, the point, the end of the island is all these lava rocks. They're sending the lava rocks as pumice stones. But it's like, I feel like if you go to the entire side of the other side of the island, it's all lava rocks. There's no actual beaches, which tells me this was a volcano way back when or something, the way it's formatted, right? There's some amazing beaches on the east side of the island. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, they're some of my favorite beaches to go just because they're secluded. But yeah, there's what they call an iron shore. And, you know, a lot of iguanas live in the iron shore off the ocean uh, or going into the ocean. But, yeah, there there are beaches all over the island from one end to the other. Okay, it's actually beautiful. Well, you know, you and I have to go explore. Have you been out to the Far East Side? No, I mean, I swear to God, I always get so turned around down here because I get so obsessed with Infinity Bay and the people and that's cool. Relaxing. I know I'm so obsessed with it here. Everybody knows I'm obsessed. All of my social blows up every time I'm at Infinity Bay. They can leave me alone all year, but as soon as I start posting down here, I just got to shut off all the responses. It's amazing. Paya Bay, Pineapple Bay. No, no, Paya Bay. Paya Bay is Palmetto Bay. Yeah, I mean, when I talk about secluded East End beaches. I'm talking about Pai Bay and what's around Pai Bay. Pai Bay is a small resort. That, wait, wait, how big is the island? Uh, the island's about 40 kilometers long. And I think in the widest part, it's only about six so kilometers. It's three hour Don't drive. hold me to that. No, no, but so it's a three hour drive around the whole island, right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically one road, one main road. One it's end like Costa road. Rica. You got to just stay off the edge. You don't crash into a jungle. Well, you could. you could. If you're not driving carefully. That's true. But yeah, so around Pia Bay, they, they have about 20 acres that are really secluded beaches. Some of them clothing is optional. And you know, you can walk down these pathways. They put these zen pathways, they're hurrying the meditation, and you'll find a little beach and they'll come down and provide weight service for you. So it's a it's a great day escape from Infinity Bay, and it's a fun drive out there. I need to start getting off of Fendi Bay and go to the other side of the island because I've been to Pai Bay once. And where is that big shipwreck? That's the Black Pearl, right? Looks like it looks like Johnny Depp in like the Pirates of the Caribbean. You mean where half of it sticking out of the yeah. water? Yeah, that is like French Harbor. Okay. Yeah. So I, and there is another one in uh, towards like Jonesville or, or Spanish Town. So I need to get out of Infinity Bay next time I come down. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll take you out. We'll spend a whole day cruising around in the truck and I'll show you some cool place. This island's just magical. You're coming back soon, right? I'm coming back in October. See, there we go. There we go. And so, you know, and it's so funny. Joe is on our co-host, but he's having 
Wi-Fi issues have a storm ripping through Arizona right now. So I'm getting all these questions pointing up on my phone for you. He's yeah, listening, sure. but he's not chatting. What would you suggest? Would you suggest people to come down here to start a business to work down here for opportunity? Or do you feel like the island's so magical and it's it is calming? It's not political because there's only so many businesses that could be on an island. I mean, would you recommend well, it or just find there, that balance? There is only so many businesses that can be on an island like this. There's a reason why there's not a McDonald's here or a Burger King. They wouldn't be sustainable. Uh, there's a little less than 100,000 people that live here. You know, you got the people that come back and forth. You know, there could be at any given day 20,000 tourists here on a busy day. But, you know, if you're really interested in opening a business here, do your due diligence, do your research. There's some great Facebook pages that name Rotan, where, you know, ask anything Rotan or, you know, those sort of things. And you can ask questions. You'll get some silly answers, but you'll get some smart answers. And it's really got to be a business that the island needs. And if it really doesn't need it, it's not going to make sense. And I've seen people come down here and open up different types of businesses that just weren't really needed on the island. There was already that, that, that hole was already filled here. So do your due diligence. You know, I think more people are coming down here and with, to do their own business remotely. Especially since COVID, yeah. people are working from home. I think a lot of companies are going to keep people working from home because it's cheaper. They'll need less office space, less utilities, whatever. But I've seen a lot more people get down here and they're here for two months and then they go back for meetings for a week or two. Then they come back. For two oh, months. my God. I am literally I had to shut my phone off a few days ago. It was blowing up. I have never been down here and I'm shut down. I'm always working, but it. The environment's calmer than all the chaos in LA. So when I'm down here, yeah, it's vacation. It's the second home, but I'm working. I, my laptop hasn't been shut off since then. But okay, let's talk about businesses. Rick, what and, and you know what? I just want to finish one thing. If you're thinking about coming to Rotan and opening a business, think about the balance scorecard that I just mentioned. Think about uh, what you're going to contribute to the island. Yeah. To the ground. How, how you're going to contribute. To, to make it, to make Rotan better. But right. is it more sustainable or is it more to combine and bond the communities down on the island? If, if, if you're going to come up with an idea that's really sustainable and the island really needs it, make sure you have a component that you have your balanced scorecard and you're giving something back to the community somehow. Yeah. Whether you're providing extra benefits to your employees for education or daycare coverage or something, do something that's going to help. I think medical health care, making sure everybody is healthy, mentally, physically. I think that's critical when I'm down here. Because I'm always like, at least this time, I've been kind of doing bigger normal tips. Because I know these islanders have been suffering and they need the money. I mean, I, I bought like so many braces because the little kids just break my heart. Because I know you could tell they're trying to get back on their feet. So I think supporting the island is so critical more than ever. And we've talked about this because we've been looking, when I was down with Marjorie, whether it's Clinic Esperanza, which I've hooked up with Vitamin Angels when I started coming down, it's donating money for the animal shelters. You got to do something to contribute to the place you always go and visit. And right. that's what always bothers me. People come down here, trash the island, like it's there, you know, I mean, not to break, I've seen Coke cans, not here at Fendi Bay, but in other places. But it's like, if you're going to be down here as much as more than just like every few years, you got to find a reason to give back to help the island. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that come down here. We have so many frequent stays at Fendi Bay. We have, I, I mean, probably three times the international average of repeat guests. And these people have gotten to the point where they'll bring medications for one of the clinics. They'll bring toys for the kids. They'll bring sports equipment. And I mean, we have a gentleman right here uh, today. He came in two days ago. They brought 30 soccer balls and 50 uniforms and shoes, suitcases full of shoes. I brought a suitcase. I didn't pay the heavyweights. I had an extra suitcase. Year three down here, I went to Costco and I remember way I was like year two or three and I met you. I stuffed so many stupid gummy vitamins and stupid I stuff like, and I brought it all the clinic at Esperanza because I felt 
so bad for them. And it was all I could actually carry on and play with an extra suitcase. I used to bring you so much. You, you, know, you know what Snack Esperanza is always running low on? Ibuprofen and acetaminophen, like Tylenol, yeah. but the generic Tylenol. You know, if you go to Walmart and you pack up, you know, 20 of those large bottles yeah. of Tylenol, they're like five months each. Yeah, or whatever. The Costco yeah. ones. They're going to love it. Yeah, Costco ones. I yeah. see. I should have done that. I should, because like I was down way before COVID. I brought down, like, I am not kidding. I'm always paying the stupid luggage fee. There's like two bags, three. The third one, you have to pay a hundred bucks. I stuck, I brought down to have a lot of Canadians and um, people from Florida who are owners in the places here. I brought down like, Hundred boxes of flea collars and catnip awesome. for the kitties because I met this amazing, amazing lady and everybody I've met since I've been down here, not just the islanders, the the people visiting you have been so amazing. So when I do my next trip down, I never come down here empty-handed. It's so funny because I feel like I feel bad. I would never come here without figuring out what to bring. So I've always brought some cat. I know it's cat food, cat toys, cat for the kitties on there. Um, vitamins. I think I've brought all of my DVDs down from the Emmys Academies that I know I just give you or you just give them out. I mean, they're so, this is such a great place to get like sucked into on the community. I have something in my video collections. Uh, a lot of them, honestly, I, didn't, I have never read uh, and never watched. Because I just had to have time. <laughs> there's so much stuff down. It cracks me up. But I, but I was think asking. cool souvenirs to have. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, <laughs> what, what are your top, you know, we, we already have time here. And I know I'm getting pinged by Joe with questions. What are your top, and, and I'm not saying choose because I know you're very agnostic. You support everybody. Where are your top five favorite places on the island to eat, to go, and what to do? Okay. Well, good question. Five to ten. Just give us Rick's top ten. Well, I mean, as far as restaurants go, you know, there's there's so many good ones on the island, and I, I don't want to miss any. But if I'm going to single out your favorite, yeah, if I'm going to if I'm going to single out a few, and there's some new ones that I'm hearing rave reviews about that I have not been there. But if I'm going to single out a few that I really like. There is Oasis Restaurant here in West Bay. There is the Argentine Grill in West Bay, West End. There's a Thai restaurant in West End, which is really good. Uh, there's a place called the Booty Bar in the West End. I was there the other day for breakfast. Yeah, that's cool. They have great wings there. There is a, uh, it's called Creole's Rotisserie Chicken in the West End. Outstanding. There's a restaurant called Ibagari. Which is really good, really upscale. If you feel like you're in, you know, another planet when you're there. And they're on the beach. So when we're taking the water taxi, and I went. Yeah, they're on the beach. You can the water taxi. white, you, you you pass it all the way over to West End. Yeah, and, and well, right next door to Ibagari is a place called Ex Blanque, and they have a really cool restaurant on the water too, called the Lotus Inn, or either Lotus Inn or Lotus. And then there's Silver Sides which is fairly new on the way to French Harbor next to Barefoot Key. And we know the chef proprietor there very well, and she does an amazing job. So, I mean, that's just a small handful. You know, I love going out to Paya Bay and spending the day out there with my family at the time. There's a place on the way out to Paya Bay called Christie's Overlook, where we, we know the people that run that, and they are just gourmet Mexican type of uh, chefs. And they, they do an amazing job. So, I mean, there's just a lot of cool places. I'm sure I'm leading so many. So, so Argentine Grill is my favorite. You're going to laugh. The Thai place. And oh, there's a new restaurant. I haven't eaten that yet called 504 Prime, which is in uh, just on uh, the other side of Coxon Hole. And uh, it's in this new place that was built. It's, it's like a... It's called the Macaws Shopping Center, and it's made out of storage containers. And it's really cool the way they designed this whole thing. But 504 Prime is is marketing itself as a very upscale USDA steakhouse. Prime Beach Steakhouse. And I've heard good things about it. So I think I'm going to be taking my management team there soon. Right, so to celebrate all their incredible hard work. I love that when I came down, I wasn't sure that there are a few people here that 
we're still here from my last night came down pre-COVID. Um, I forgot some of the names. There's so many. But I love when I walk in the front or go to the bar, the Bapa's bar. They're like, what's up, Sarah? Welcome home. Like, like it's amazing that I'm only here what once or twice a year. I don't live here. And they are so welcoming. And, and this is what I love. It's like, yeah. it's like cheers. At, uh, Everybody knows your name. You know, I forgot to mention another restaurant. It, it's a small Italian joint right near the West End. It's called Pazzo, P-A-Z-Z-O. And uh, the owner is an Italian chef, originally from Canada. He makes all his home pasta. You definitely need to have a reservation to get in there seven days a week. But it's very reasonable. It's very delicious. I highly recommend that. But back to the plapa, you know, we're real part of the, proud of the plapa. We use Black Angus Prime burgers. We make our pizzas from scratch. We have great steaks and seafood and coconut shrimp and all types of homemade ceviche that we make from scratch. Even our chicken fingers we make from scratch every day and our fish fingers and our sea bass. Okay, our- my favorite is what you introduced me and Marjorie two years ago was a cauliflower nachos. Cauliflower nachos. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so funny because I leave in two days and this, I need to get out next time I come down here. Okay, but let's talk. I glad you liked that. That was my recipe. I, that was, I was bragging about that. Like, because I think I was like, no, we don't serve that. I go, no, no, you have to make it. But yeah. it's like, I know when I come back in October, I've got to start getting away from Bindi Bang. It's just because I. No, you but can't. It, but it, you know what it is? I think I have a nice, besides, like, absolutely, you're such a good friend. And I love watching you grow this place and what you've done the, personally with the business. I feel so loyal to where I want to support the people here because it I know it just feels right, but I need to kind of get out of it for the new day. You're definitely part of the family here. <laughs> hearing here you say that really makes all of us feel good. Well, you know, I just I, the bar staff, I mean, it's just front desk. It, it's just I do know I need to get out of the parts of the island, but I just it's so comfortable. And I feel like if I'm going to buy a service, I'm going to spend money. I want to support the family here at Bindi Bay because I think I'm always a big believer that it takes, a, you know, this thing takes a village to build. Like you have a village of amazing, loyal people that you trust, that you know if you're not on the island, they're going to keep things running in your best interest. That's why I think I'm still loyal to this property more than the others. It's going to be like you're just a guest. Yeah, you know, 100%. I mean, my, my management team and my staff are... Just fantastic, and it, it, it we're we're not lucky. It's taken us years to get to this point. Carlos has been here for oh my god since I've met you eight nine years ago, right? No, Carlos. Carlos, do I have the names backwards? He worked for you here in the corporate office back here behind the desk. He worked up here. Oh, Caesar. Caesar, sorry. Yes, Caesar's been here six or seven years. Yeah, Caesar. Andreas, my food and beverage director, is another fantastic leader. He's been here eight or nine years. My finance director has been here for six years. Well, it's not just that. Okay, so so I'm here because I'm always running around and I know everybody because I'm always the marketing, the PR, what can we do to help? Down to the cleaning crew, down to the wait staff. I mean, this place top to bottom. It's always leadership down. Like Joe said, we've had a lot of there are devils on our show, you know, guys who have built up from the ground up. They were heading major fashion conglomerates, sports teams, entertainment studios, tech space. I mean, we've had such tremendous people, entrepreneurs who just come on, who motivated, inspired, not just the people who listen to the podcast, but their team that work for them. And this is where I think the opinion of a true leader in a, in a third world country in a monster resort, which is travel tourism is not in the industry. You kind of have that, like you have the secret sauce to that. You've done such a great job of leading your team and building it, which well, I think like, is tremendous. Like I said a few times, having a balanced scorecard, which includes taking care of the employees, giving them all the tools to do their job. And tools just doesn't mean uniforms, cleaning equipment or computers. And it means feedback. It means encouragement. It means being there for them. It means having an open door. It's inspiration and motivation. Yeah, and that that's absolutely critical. So we have a core culture here called Spirit to Serve that we kind of stole from Marriott, but we modified it for our company here, and it really works well. 
And every day it's a talking point at our morning meeting on, you know, what is our core value this week and what's today's focus. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like you have your friend on Facebook that likes to post something inspirational every day. Well, that's kind of like our internal social media yeah. sending a message out to everybody. And, they, and it parlays through how they treat the clientele that comes here. You can see that love and that attention to detail to make people happy to picking up trash if somebody drops something to bring you an extra towel like your your towel guys who do the towels for the beaches like are so amazing like i have never from top to bottom cannot and i'm not being biased i have nothing to say but amazing five six seven stars on the resort why i want this to be a five-star resort because the service the cleanliness everything about it is just exceeds a five-star rating thank you and everything but okay let's talk really briefly about the property because i've been on your ass to make this the destination resort to go to and i'm always on you about travel 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 bring media down here people need to know this place at nindy bay and the island's amazing but take that aside anybody could book a stay here at affinity bay it is affinity bay spot and beach resort the full name of it um, but infinitybay.com is our website Bay.com, but these are owner let's talk about the resident because I could stay wherever I want or I could buy a unit here and that's where it kind of gets like I can't explain it as articulately as you can you could be an owner unit that you could just live in or you could own it as investment and have the hotel staff it and keep it up is that how that we're, works? We're, we're a condo resort and that model is pretty common throughout the world. You see the real big ones in the Bahamas and that sort of thing. So my company, which is a management company, we still own 30 plus units that aren't for sale. We have no interest in selling them because we love the, the guests. We love holding on to them. And the majority of the other owners are in the rental program and we manage it just like a hotel. I think it's important that we manage it more than just a hotel, but as a brand as a well-known branded hotel and what type of standard operating procedures we have in place. So you'll find us available because we really manage this in detail, you know, from an electronic marketing standpoint, you'll find us on every platform, every travel agent has access to us. You'll find us on Expedia, Travelocity, Booking.com, Booking.com, Hotels.com. Or directly at InfinityBay.com. Or directly at InfinityBay.com, which is we prefer people to go through to ebay.com because you're probably going to get a better rate and you may get better promotions available to you. So the reason why I don't promote Expedia, at least down here, because every time I've, a few times I've gone on Expedia at Velocity, I keep getting pop-ups to 20 other kayak, compare, compare, then it takes your focus off the core branding and you want the DNA of the environment of the experience, the experiential day down here. So I never use those because I don't want to deal with all that. So when I tell people, they ask, oh, you want Expedia? And I'm like, no, just go direct infinitybay.com. Because I think the experience from a brand PR standpoint, that experiential uh, stay as a destination, I get at Infinity Bay, it's all Infinity Bay and what the island has to offer. I won't promote, and I know this probably hurts hotels or you guys, so I'm guilty of it. I won't promote, go find them on Travelocity, go post great reviews, but don't book through third party, go direct. And I don't know if that hurts, helps, or neutral to you. Well, I mean, you know, any brand, you know, any well-known big hotel company, you know, they, they, it, it, you know, you're working two sides of the fence. You have to have a good working relationships with these, these platforms out there. They're, they're really called OTAs, online travel agencies. So you've got to be able to have a good relationship with them. But at the same time, you would love to be able to funnel more business to, directly to the website. It doesn't always work out that way. There are, and travelers are very savvy these days. And there may be people that have Expedia accounts and they're building up points for Expedia. And it's really easy for them to go to Expedia and book the hotel and book the rental car and book the airfare and book a zip line all, all yeah. the time. Now you can do it at our website. You, you can get a basket and you can book airline and you can book meal plans or whatever you want. 
but some people are just creatures to have it. And Expedia is a tool to give you the ability to shop. You had mentioned Kayak, which is a little bit different, but you go to Expedia and you type in Infinity Bay, and it's going to show you what they have available during that specific time frame. And I just play the hotel. But then underneath it, I'll say, maybe we also suggest these things. And travelers are looking for options. I feel comfortable that I'm the best option. So, um, But I, I would rather be somewhere in another country and not be locked into the cost and booking and cost. I want to come and talk to who's my my friend, my business card, my human, the first person who greets you at the front desk, who mm-hmm. asks you questions, who could tell you where to go because it feels personalized. Right. So, but but I, I'm a kind of a hybrid because I've traveled around the world and I always have my friends do all that research. I have no patience for it, but then I always want to go direct because I want to spend money support where the experience is. That's my brand loyalty. Mm-hmm. It's, and, but I get it. A lot of people just want, here's 20 things, the more things we do, easy breezy, book and go. But I also think the knowledge of staff walking in the door is almost more important. Somebody who wants to be down here, there's a lot to do. We all know that. But where do you feel I should go? Point me in the right direction. That, I think, is the customer service hospitality. I think that sets apart hospitality, luxury resorts, you know, chain Marriott and Hyatt's, or just go to the concierge. There's no you have a personal environment. Yeah, you know, a lot of our people like to go through infinitybay.com. It's a great website to use. It's really user-friendly, very informative, lots of pictures, videos, that kind of thing. And if anybody has any questions specifically for me, send me an email, rick at infinitybay.com. I'm here for you. I'd be happy to find out whatever you need. I love they're so available because I've seen you really walk down and shake hands with as many people as you can and introduce yourself to them, which you know, I love. Being connected to your customer, I think is so critical. And, you know, we, we always had uh, a whole training class here on how to stay connected with the guests. And then this pandemic came and we thought, okay, well, I guess what we need is for a while, Less contact and more connections. How do we balance more connection with less kind of physical contact? And most of our guests get a welcome WhatsApp when they check in and and then they get updates on what's going on in the hotel. We can ask questions back and forth. And that, that was one small way to interact with people without having the direct connection. You know, everywhere we go now, there's plexiglass between us yep. and, you know, hopefully that'll be gone. Some of the airlines are still pushing you. I used to fly Avianca. They're still pushing you to the WhatsApp. They don't have to now. It's like, we can't help. We can't help. Go back to the airlines. And I'm just like going to pause on a ticket down here. Either rebook it or refund it. Oh, no, no. We want to rebook it. We don't want to give you money back. We will. But please use us. We'll stop flying. And now, you know, but... I, I, I just think there's this is a whole other conversation on a podcast of how to stay connected, how to lean on tech to thrive and survive without losing customer service. That's a whole other thing. You've done it very well, but it's a whole other conversation. Okay, you're down here with, I know you used to have little dogs. I saw you with Yeah, I, have, I still have my little dog. Little buddy. Buddy. Buddy will be 15 soon. And he has traveled all over the place with me. He's driven, you know, from Miami to New York. And, you know, it was only a 12-pound multi-poo that I rescued when I was in St. Louis for a while with Marriott. And, uh, you know, he's the best buddy I have. And, you know, I don't have any family down here, but I have family that comes and visits me. And, uh, you know, I probably get off the island six, seven weeks a year. Oh, you're, you're always around. And I love that your mom is in Florida because I know you could just got back from her 90th birthday. Your mom comes down here has the best photos. It's amazing. You also going to bring this up because I know you've given back to the island. I know you're an animal person. There was a dog down here that I met my first time down here. I think I met the dog before I met you. And it was, the dog was scraggly. It was such a mess. You took this dog in. You worked hard to bring vets on. You worked hard to help the animals on the island. And you got this dog cleaned up, fixed, flea dipped, made him all fluffy and happy. And he was your dog who adopted you. 
He's so cute. His name, what was his name? Scruffy. Scruffy. He was Scruffy. And you turn this this abandoned dog into the most beautiful, fluffy, nicest dog who literally followed you around and was so protective of you for the longest time. And I love that story that it's not just about the people. It's about the animals that makes this place what it is. I, I adopted him. He just showed up one day about 10 years ago. And he just had this look in his eyes, like soul, soul kind of thing. And I just kind of fell in love with him. And I said, well, let's see what happens. I got him some food from the kitchen. And, you know, all of a sudden he started kind of, I'd see him a few times a week. And then within a, within a week or two, he was here all the time. And you're right. He just started following me everywhere. And then he started sleeping on my patio. You know, I get up in the morning and, you know, I, the first thing I do is look out my door and there he was laying there sleeping and he was with me about five years and, and then he got really sick and we lost him and he's, you know, very nearby. We had a great uh, ceremony for him. He was like the, the leader of dogs. I mean, nobody came on the property. Nobody, no other dog came on the property unless he gave approval of it. And it was just really amazing. He was leader, and uh, he had a rough life. And you know, I was I'm so blessed to. I was just showing you. He's on the screensaver of my phone, and he's been gone for five years. And you, he adopted you. You, I know what you up to down. I've seen you through ten years. I just thought he was like he was your soulmate. He adopted you. You adopted him. You just they bonded with this amazing dog, and that is one of the things I love because since when you did that, you started looking at helping the animals on the island. And um, Scuffy, Scuffy, I think, was like the island, you're like the infinity based savior. He since then, since you saved him or he saved you, the island or the resort, since Scuffy came into your life, things have kept escalating in a better place here. I'm convinced. There was something about this dog that came into your life when you did. No, I, you know, bring up something that's very deep to me because the bond that I had with that dog was just incredible. And, you know, you're right. He followed me everywhere. He looked out for me. And I think, you know, I, know, I don't think I know I became a much better person because of my relationship with that dog. And it's definitely, you know, affected me in a positive way. So I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, no, it was amazing. You saved a life. You guys both saved a life, but way back when. I mean, it kind of saved me a little bit, too. Yeah. Even though I had a little buddy running around on a condo, you know, he was just a different kind of dog. He he he, he definitely had some attached. It, it was amazing to be with him. But, okay, we are running out of time. I cannot say enough good things about you and the job you've done growing this place. We are expanding over the next three years. With more buildings, we're going to, I can't get into details, I know that, but I know we're expanding Infinity Bay in another expansion plan, which, what, three years from now? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, between now and the next three years, there are some growth plans for the company, and we're pretty excited about that. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to be able to bring in more people, it's not going to be a gigantic project, but it's going to be something that's going to add a little more sex appeal to the company. and uh, It is going to put this place with the right marketing. It's going to put this place on the map as a preeminent destination because I know the changes. I know we can't talk about it, but given where your trajectory is with the build-out, that's going to be like the ice on the cake for Finney Bay. It's going to be a place that you have to be at. That's the and, and we can't talk about it, so we're going to have you back on the show to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like it's a big secret. It's just we don't want to go anywhere that may not be accurate or correct. Yeah. At this point. yeah. But the plans are outstanding mm-hmm. for this place. Okay, so people who want to um, find out more, they have a travel destination, amazing place in Rowaton, ifitindibay.com. Ifitindibay.com, you can look us up on Facebook. Yeah. We're very engaged in Facebook and Instagram. We on Facebook we have uh, 120,000. What's the IG? What are your social handles for both? Because we have a lot of people on our podcast and Apple, Spotify, you know, people who are very digital savvy. Right. Social well, Facebook. I mean, if you just go into Facebook and type in Infinity Bay, you know, that'll be, I don't know what our digital handle would be, 
But I am literally tagging Infinity Bay in the most spectacular photos. Okay. I feel like my photos should be used by travel and tourism. Okay. They are phenomenal. And so we're tagging. I'm tagging like crazy. Our podcast is following mine, reposting, retagging. So Infinity Bay pops up on all handles. Yeah. We're very aggressive with an online presence. We're always doing Google AdWords. We want to make sure we're, we're positioned in the right marketplace, places in front of the right demographics. So we're always looking at that. And, you know, if you go to Infinity Bay on Facebook or Instagram, it's that simple to find us and like us. You will find, uh, you'll see a couple of posts every day, some really cool stuff that's going on, promotions, what we, what's happening at the hotel, some cool pictures or, you know, what music's playing or, you know, we've got a big 4th of July event coming up where we do fireworks and barbecue and a live band. And, and it's just an amazing day. And it's the place to be in Roatan. It's turned into this huge island tradition. And the place will be jam-packed and at dusk around 8 o'clock, we're going to have an amazing fireworks display. Nice. Okay, so we have the social, and I hate to do this to you, but people can reach you directly if they need to. Mm-hmm. I know I hate doing that to executive. No, like, I just gave out my email address, rick at infinitybay.com. Okay. Sounds like best place to reach you. Good place to reach me. Real easy to reach me at... I can't think of anything better than that. Perfect. Oh my God. I'm so glad I had you on here. I'm so glad I came down here to drag you on. I know we lost my co-host due to his own little (laughs) tropical storm heading overhead, but I'm so glad I finally had a chance to talk to you. And for people who need to know, coming from the U.S. at least, I don't know anywhere else, your COVID vaccine card or your negative test to get in. It's super seamless. Going back to the stage, you do have to have a negative test. They don't care about the vaccine cards. You could get vaccinated either down the road, here at Infinity Bay. You, you can get tested. Tested, sorry. Yeah. Tested. You can get it right, right here at the hotel. It's really easy. You know, you set it up at the front desk and you can do it on for two minutes on your way up to the breakfast and then it'll be delivered you know, a few hours later, back to the front yeah. desk. But I just, I just want to... I think that's going to go away soon, where mm-hmm. if you have your Vax card, you'll be able to get back in the U.S. But everybody knows a lot of people in the U.S. won't get vaccinated, but right now, for the next six months, traveling is easy down here. It's seamless. Everything is here on Affinity Bay, right. so it's not an issue. So that's that. I think that that hurdle of people don't want to travel because they're so afraid it's going to be a headache, it's a pain in the ass. But being here, I mean, down here, going back is so seamlessly easy. Way easier here than in the states right now. So that's what I think important for everybody to know as well. Absolutely. Okay. I'm so glad I had time with you. Thank you, I chatted with you without millions of people on the beach. I'm going to say hi to you and everything. I know. I end up by the time. I know. It's weird. I can't get, uh, like, real peace when I'm walking around here. I know. But that's okay. I got some undivided with you. So I'm super happy you're on the show. And you know I'm coming back in October. And as you expand and do more great stuff, we're going to have you come back on the travel series and in general. But until then, this is Sarah Miller with Joe Pirates at Need Maven Podcast. And we see everybody next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, subscribe to the Media Mavens podcast on your favorite podcast provider or on the Evergreen Podcast Network. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, log on to www.mediamavenspodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.